Welcome back, everybody, to a wonderful new season of Heads Up Hockey Podcast. This is your guy. Once again, it's Jersey Joe. Opening night was last night, and we had a dandy for you with Connor Bedard starting his career off against the one and the only Sid the Kid Crosby. Basically, Sid is no kid anymore, but when he took the face off with Bedard, it was basically Sid versus the kid because Bedard is the new young guy everyone's talking about. He played over, what, 20 minutes last night on ice time. He did get an assist in his first game, and he did beat his own childhood favorite in Sidney Crosby. So basically, the Alberta boy versus the Nova Scotia king of Canada squared off last night. And, you know, I will say this, the Blackhawks, to me, are going to be a faster team younger than the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, the Chicago Blackhawks will be better than the Pittsburgh Penguins. Sorry, but that's a lot of thoughts going in at once. But I will say this. The Penguins, to me, I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs. If they do hover around the wild card, they'll just get edged out, just like they did last year. And so, on the top of the schedule with the Hockey and Coffee segment today, I do want to bring up the idea of Lindy Ruff just did get a multi-year extension per ESPN Plus, uh, and it is verbatim by managing partner David Blitzer said in a statement, this young, exciting team has developed and thrived under Lindy Lindy's stewardship since he joined the Devils organization. Lindy is one of the winningest coaches in NHL history, and his extension is well-deserved. I'm looking forward to continued team success this upcoming season and beyond. And then he goes on to say, verbatim, I'm thrilled to commit here to this situation and couldn't be prouder of the progress that our group made last season, Ruff said. We have a special group in Jersey, and there's an opportunity to accomplish long-term success. Make a lot of positive memories and give our fans a lot to cheer about because our Devils fan base is one of the best in the league, and they deserve to see a winner. So, yeah, yours truly will be at the game by the time this episode does go up. And if you didn't listen to it today... You listen to it tomorrow. So it's game day. Uh, It'll be Devils versus Detroit Red Wings at 7.30. And hopefully it's going to be a a dandy for the Devils. Because, you know, they made some big key moves this offseason. Trading away Damon Severson. uh, Moving on from Ryan Graves. And I wish Gravesy the best of luck in Pittsburgh. Wonderful guy, great player. Um, just wish he was a little bit better, stronger on defense a little bit. However, I mean, with the guys like Kevin Ball, you have 
Shimon Nemetz, you have guys like Colin Miller all here. And it's like you have Santri Hataka and all these other guys that are just waiting in the wings. Luke Hughes is already there. I mean, the Devils have a lot of young puppies that are joining the bigger dogs now. They're learning to be big, mature dogs at the big league level. They're ready to fetch the bone, and they're ready to eventually compete for that Stanley Cup. Uh, I will say this, that teams like the Devils, who are young and playoff contenders, they're going to show day in, day out that any team in the NHL can compete. Even the worst of teams can still put on a fair competition level. And yes, the Devils will face the Philadelphia Flyers going forward. And the Flyers will likely, by the time that February game hits off around February 17th, they might end up sending some guys uh, before the trade deadline. So there could be a lot done. And that game is going to be at uh, East Rutherford in Bergen County, New Jersey. So really, the Devils have a lot to show for. And the Metro is not going to be easy because Carolina is still going to be very competitive, especially with guys like Seth Jarvis being around. Um, Just thinking about what we can see in all these young players going forward this year, you got guys like Luke Hughes and... You have Connor Bedard, basically the two favorites going for the Calder Trophy. And really, it's going to come nose to nose. And Bedard's going to try his best to make the Chicago Blackhawks look very good this season. And the Blackhawks looking to improve from last year's point totals because they lacked a lot on their forward core. Now, I believe the Buffalo Sabres and the Ottawa Senators are going to make a change of the guard a little bit more in the Atlantic division. They just got a lot of young players, Devon Levi in net, and guys like Tage Thompson making a name for himself last year and just coming off like gangbusters. And I'm just telling you, the way that these young guys morph into throughout their careers. You know, some guys pop right off the first game in the first couple weeks in their career. Some guys take a year to get going, and one of those guys is going to be Alexander Holtz. Will he follow through with his improved skating? Can his lighter body weight be able to transition properly and play better uh, offensively and defensively because the problem is is that when he plays in preseason, he looks very good. And when he plays in Utica, he's very good. But can he play at an elite level skating-wise? Because my buddy Trey Matthew goes, well, he looks like he has cylinder blocks for skates. And I kind of look at the past preseason – games that he played in, I'm talking about Holtz for first person's context, sometimes you want to put him with guys like Nico Heischer, 
who isn't as blazing fast, but who is agile and let him mix in and have a guy like Timo Meyer go in, fetch the pucks. And I've always said, like, you need to have a blend of a guy that can play physical, that can shoot, but also have a guy who can center you up and set you up and you can help shoot more on net. And, you know, some of these kids take a little longer than they want, but every kid is a little different. They develop different. It's kind of like school where some kids are in the advanced placement. Some kids are in honors classes. Some kids are in mainstream and whatnot. So it's like, you got to think about each player individually and how their learning curve is and their development curve um, when they are playing at the NHL level. Just think about some guys take a little bit longer than others, not to like come down on some players. But you look at a team like the Rangers, they've gotten much older. They're trying to add more veterans to try and win now under uh, Gerard Gallant and I did go on the Rangers podcast um, this past summer with Jimmy Finizzi of the Hockey Podcast Network. And I said to him, like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rangers got third place with the team that they got. But, like, I still would be a bit cautious with what uh, they have depth-wise. And... Will it get them through the first round against someone else? Because I have a funny feeling that if the Rangers don't go in third place, they go in a wild card spot. They're playing a different team, not named the Devils. They're they're playing someone else, likely from another seed. So um, now we look to to the West Coast, the Las Vegas Golden Knights played last night against the Seattle Kraken. And I will say this firsthand, uh, the Kraken are my second favorite team. I like Ron Francis. I like the way Matty Beneers plays. I I like the way that system is uh, for Seattle. They play a good game, but not every game is going to be your best game, but you just have to learn day in, day out. And, Vegas won four to one, and you know what? A team that wins the Stanley Cup, especially guys like Ivan Barbashev, proved to be critical players in those opening games, getting the first two points. So it hurts. It it does hurt to see that because you you want to see the away team try and you know put a damper on the Stanley Cup banner raising game so really if you take a look at the box score the former islander uh jordan everle had an assist he had three shots two hits uh he did have a, a giveaway belmar had a hit and a takeaway but he was on ice for a goal against same with Matty Beneers, but Beneers had two shots on that. And Jared McCann had the lone goal for Seattle, and the big body hitting last night was done by Borgen on defense. You also had 
Jamie Oleksiak with four hits. So you had two Sasquatches last night playing their game. Um, Oleksiak really dominated in the Sasquatch score game. So he had six blocked shots and four hits. So that's 10 points in, in a game. That's absurd. That's really good. Um, now you take a look at Borgen. He had a very good game defensively, but Vince Dunn was a minus two. Jared McCann was a minus two. Jaden Schwartz was a minus two. Andre Burakovsky was a minus two, but you know what? It's going to happen when you play these teams like Vegas and Vegas. I'm a big fan of Barbashev. If the Devils didn't get Timo Meyer, I would have loved to have Barbashev. And Barbashev had two block shots last night. And he had a hit, one giveaway, but he made up for it with a goal. So you take a look at Jack Eichel. He got a goal, three shots. So basically, he had one takeaway, three giveaways. So he plays a high-risk, high-reward game. Now, you look at Chandler Stevenson. He had one goal, one assist last night, and he just, you know, was playing his simple game. Mark Stone uh, with two assists, three takeaways, only one giveaway. Nicholas Waugh had four takeaways, one giveaway. Mind you, he only had two shots. Now, Braden McNabb, one of my favorite uh, defensemen in the league, he had three hits, and he also had a plus three rating with three block shots. So he he was really one of the key difference makers in that game last night. And this kid Potter had nine hits. Paul Cotter, he's the Canton, Michigan native. So he had a big physical presence with Vegas last night. And it just goes to show you that he's going to start growing into that body of his. He's just going to be playing his game as he gets older. And Vegas, just they're just going to try and repeat. But will Edmonton do a better job? I don't know if their defense is up to it. But supposedly Ryan Novozinski has them, uh, the Edmonton Oilers, winning the Stanley Cup over the Devils. But I think he's trying to... Jinx the Oilers, um, honestly. Now, I do want to go into this upcoming week in the NHL. So, like, in the NHL, I do see after, what was it, tonight's games, you had the, the Jets versus the Flames, the Canadians, Maple Leafs, Senators, Hurricanes, Blackhawks, Bruins, Oilers, Canucks, Kings, Avalanche. So let's look at game by game. Now, I can talk to you about each and every game and who I predict could be winning that one. So let's look at the preview. Now, Billy Hainala is out with an ankle problem. Jacob Pelletier is out for the Flames, out with a shoulder problem. So both teams are short a guy. And I honestly think that you look at the Jets 
it's going to be a little bit harder versus uh, the Flames. I tend to like the Flames a little bit more, given the fact that they have Markstrom in net and Oliver Shillington. Uh, he's on injured reserve. Nate Schmidt and Nikolai Ehlers are both day-to-day for the Winnipeg Jets, so that's going to offset the the Jets a little bit. I tend to lean a little bit more on the Flames, especially with their team that they assembled. Although they do have Igor Sharangovich, but I do see them being that team that tries to hang with Winnipeg and still give them problems. But they don't have Tyler Toffoli, so I kind of lean more towards Winnipeg with the team that they have, Shifley and Hellebuck still. And it's going to be an interesting team to see what they can do. Now, you go to the Canadians versus Leafs. For me, it's not even close. I like that even though Timmins and Klingberg and Murray are out on injury reserved long-term and day-to-day with Klingberg, I still go with the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's due to the fact that they got Matthews, Marner, and they have so much other depth on defense as well. So it's like they're more well-balanced. Even though Montreal is up and coming, they don't have enough firepower to make it sufficient enough to go against a team like Toronto. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a tough game. Uh, Senators versus Hurricanes. If I'm a betting guy, I do lean more towards... Uh, going with the Senators, Tim Stutzla versus Andrei Sveshnikov. Although the Hurricanes may jump on them early defensively, the goaltending in this game will be pretty interesting. So let's look at that. I mean, let's look at the NHL app and see. So for segment two, we're going to look at what can the Colorado Avalanche versus the LA Kings be like for this upcoming game? I honestly, I believe more in the Colorado Avalanche, especially with their four core and their experience. And New Jersey native Ross Colton is someone who I personally like. He plays that third line jam very strong, wins board battles, responsible puck player. He can absolutely be a difference maker in the locker room and on the ice. And, you know, coaches don't need to teach him a whole lot. He just needs to just keep adapting because every game is a little different than the other. But sometimes when you play against a team that you already know about, you already got their number. So... I mean, the Kings are definitely going to be a team to watch this season, especially with guys like with Adrian Kempe, Andre Kopitar, Travis Moore. You have Kevin Fiala, Trevor Lewis, Philip Dano, uh, Victor Arvidsson, Arthur Kaliev, Tyler Madden, John Madden's son, Alexander Turcotte, who played very well with Team USA. Let's see if he can... Breakout, and you have 
Uh, Clinton Byfield, can he have a breakthrough season being healthy and playing a big body game like Pierre-Luc Dubois? So can these guys play really well together? I think there's a good chance, and you have Samuel Kalinius, the big body Finnish forward out of Finland, and then you have Wa, and you have Bjornfot. Bjornfot is a young defenseman coming in and looking to take over the reins with Drew Doughty one day moving on, but that's going to be a long time from now. And then you have Vladislav Gavrikov. Let's see what he can do. And you have Brant Clark, who's looking to be a big, big improvement uh, going forward because now you have a couple young guys looking to take over that position and succeeding for the LA Kings. But this is going to be a very interesting one because there are a lot of young players in this game that have a lot of upside. Can Philip Copley steal the show and take it away from David Riddick? It's possible, but you never know. But Cam Talbot might take it over, you know, game to game. But, you know, you don't want to wear out your best goalies. You want to spread it out a little bit depending on who's playing well, who's looking a little tired. I mean, the same can be said about Vanacek and Schmid. Like, Lindy Ruff leaned on Vanacek a lot last year. And Nico Dawes is currently out uh, until December. And, you know, it's a lower body injury. So you don't want to rush goalies because those are very critical. Without that, you can't play. So then we're going to move on to the next match. Oilers versus Canucks. Now, the Oilers have Ryan, Janmark, Hyman, Brown, Dreisaitl, Warren Fogel, uh, Dylan Holloway, Ryan McLeod, Evander Kane, Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, and the one and only Connor McDavid. This looks like a blowout in my honest opinion. It could easily be 5-1 in two periods uh, based off the way that Dreisaitl and McDavid play and can Evan Bouchard drive the offense on the defensive side it's possible Philip Broberg maybe it's not out of the question Darnell Nurse can play physically he can play some offense Matthias Ekholm if he stays healthy he can help that team be more capable defensively and provide offense Stuart, Sk- Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell going up against each other in net this season on the team, trying to get more playing time with Rick Tockett uh, as their opposing coach. Jay Woodcroft will try and see if Campbell and Stuart Skinner uh, both compete for that starting position. And it's good to have two really good starters Stuart Skinner looked pretty good, although there were times where the defense in front of him looked a little shaky. But the team that was very shaky last year were the Vancouver Canucks. And you got Brock Besser, Connor Garland, JT Miller. You have uh, Nils Hoglander, Jack Studnitska. You have D. Giuseppe. And I think Elias Pedersen is going to have another breakout season if 
Danila Klimovic can prove to be a really good Belarusian sniper. I think he could definitely uh, be a good winger to have, just like Andre Kuzmenko was a big goal scorer last year. And Kuzmenko's locked in uh, for a good while. Vitali Krasov, former Ranger player, can he put it all together? And will Vasily Podkolzin himself put it all together playing a big body game? Now, the, the, the potential's there for the Canucks. The problem is, will the coaching be able to get the most out of them? And on the defense, Carson Soucy, the former uh, Seattle Kraken, he knows what it's like to play competitive hockey. And Quinn Hughes is the guy in town. And he knows how to skate well. He's an all-star defenseman. And he's the older brother to Jack Hughes and the eldest brother to Luke Hughes, the not-so-baby brother. Because he's he's a grown big grown boy, and Irwin played with Nashville, so it's like these guys don't need to learn a whole lot, but like they just got to keep adapting. Can Tyler Myers play better defensively? But definitely can be someone who can score. Thatcher Demko, will he have a bounce back season? I would hope so. But Casey DeSmith is there, but. Uh, can Sachenko come up and prove to be a good player? Who knows? But hockey is a fun sport. You don't know uh, exactly. It's really hard to bet on. And please, if you do, please bet responsibly. A little bit of a copy break for a short bit. So Devils, Red Wings. So... <clears throat> The Red Wings have Robbie Fabry, Andrew Kopp, Lucas Raymond, Clint Kostin, Michael Rasmussen, Christian Fisher, JT Confer, David Perron, Dylan Larkin, Dylan Sprong, Joey Valeno, and Alexander Debrinkat. So there looks to be some offense for the Detroit Red Wings, and they're going to try and put on a show, but will guys like Oli Mata, Ben Sherrod, Shane Gothisbeer, uh and Petrie be able to help out Moritz Sider on the defense? Maybe, but they're going to have to keep up with the double speed and got to have to try and shut it down. But it's not easy. And you got Alex Lyon, Billy Huso, and James Reimer. Then you got the Devils with Alexander Holtz. My question is can he skate a little faster in the regular season? And play well defensively. Because he already has that amazing shot. But can he put it all together? Will Chris Tierney be able to be a good bottom six player? And just prove to be a guy that can just chip in here and there. And will Tice Thompson go from bottom six player to third line player? Maybe score a little bit more? And be a little bit more of a big body presence. And certainly someone that can compete on a day-to-day basis. But you just got to see what they do in five to nine games. Guys like Nico Heischer don't need much of an introduction. But with the way that he plays this style of hockey is 
Datsyukian a little bit with the two-way game because he's a Selkie trophy caliber player. Very elite level IQ passing, similar to with what Florida has with Alexander Barkov. And definitely one of the best European players in his draft class. So if you go back down the line, Nate Bashan, if he stays healthy, he's hitting, blocking shots, doing what he does, can score timely goals and assists. He'll be a good player uh, this season. He'll be the one of the heartbeats of the team. Can Shane Bowers do something similar? I think he can. Um, being on the bottom six, you know, for an 82-game season, go in and out of the lineup, certainly can chip in. Andre Palat, certainly a guy that should be a bounce-back player of the year. And I could see him scoring more than 45 points if he can play more games, almost double the amount. Um, Michael McLeod, if all goes well, similar to last year, can he score 10 to 15 points more. He's got the drive. He's got the work ethic. He's getting the mitts to the boots. I'm not, I'm not all that worried, but Nolan Foot, I like the way he plays. Big body, power forward. I like his shot. He can definitely be someone that plays third, second line minutes um, as he grows into his game. Timo Meyer, very good teammate to learn from physical guy sasquatch hits gets very chippy with the other team's uh best players uh we've seen before with uh igor shesterkin where he had to literally swat uh timo meyer draw penalty and jacob truba late in game seven actually tried to do his version of Scott Stevens to try and knock him out, but didn't knock him out enough. Um, and Timo Meyer is healthy. Dowling is someone who's been a pretty defensive uh, forward, but also going to chip in offensively and plays well, keeping the puck in the zone and the offensive zone. Curtis Lazar, I like the way he plays. He's very edgy, adds a little extra spice to that Sasquatch stew where. Big guys like him like to have their meat and potatoes, but they add a little extra paprika and pepper uh, all together with a little garlic. You know, it's it's basically like almost like a hunter stew. But that's the kind of game I like and guys like Lazar. Uh, Brian Holonen, my question is, can he be a sniper at the next level and push Alexander Holtz to be a better player? I hope so. I mean, internal competition is the best competition you can ask for. However, if you don't have any sort of competition, what good are you? Um, I mean, Eric Halla's around. Halla's going to be a great veteran on this team. And I know some of these guys are going to be in the Utica, but I'm just reading it just from NHL app. So... Hala, to me, is going to be the guy that wins face-offs, gets dirty area uh, possessions, and wins board battles. Guys like Chase Stillman will come up time to time, and they will play a physical game kind of like 
Timo Meyer, Nate, Nathan Bastion, they will come up big, heavy hockey in the playoffs, stuff like that. Uh, Jesper Bratt, we all know what he can do. Really silky hands, very elite level vision. He's just looking faster. If he can just play more on the PK and also play more short-handed goals, this team's going to be even more dangerous. And Tyler Toffoli, if he can score around 25, 35 goals, the Devils could easily have five or more players uh, scoring 30 or more. Jack Hughes had 40 goals or something crazy last year, almost 100 points. I look for him to hit 115. I really can see that because the way he plays this game, fast, agile, smart, slick, he's all the above. Dawson Mercer, 25-30 goal type guy. I can see him looking to be another really good Selkie Trophy type player. And he plays defense first and he creates offense. And it's just part of his nature. Graham Clark, my thing for him is, will he be able to contribute on the offense more at the NHL level and be someone that can be a good presence in New Jersey uh, as a young guy? Now, Tomas Noshek, can he keep delivering in the high danger zone, in the transition from offensive zone to uh neutral zone to help shut down guys and then convert from neutral zone to being the superstar veteran utility guy in the high danger slot. I think he still can because he knows what it's like to bury it in and certainly play a big game. And we all know when it comes to defense, um, Brendan Smith's probably not going to play a whole lot. Colin Miller will play a little bit here and there. Tyler Watherspoon, that's a time-to-time thing. Cal Foote will come up, fill in when needed. Same thing with Michael Vukojevich and Santori Hataka, who will do just like that. But these are the kind of guys that are going to try and take the job away from one another, depending on how deep the season is and who's willing to play. So like Kevin Ball, you want to have guys like Santri Hataka and Daniel Misuel around because they can play a little bit of that physical defensive game, simple-minded hockey, but also play offensive. And Misuel is the type of guy who can skate really well, shoot the puck, uh, clear the crease out. <clears throat> and guys like VLN can come up too. They can play that very boring defensive game and just play that that low risk low reward type game and that's good because you need guys who are highly offensive guys like Luke Hughes <clears throat> Shimon Nemech and you have guys like Dougie Hamilton and who are all about offense and you need guys like Shimon Nemesh to learn to be a little bit more responsible defensively. <clears throat> now, Luke Hughes is going to improve that defensive game. Like I said before, every young player going into their first full year, second year, whatever, 
they're going to learn from mistakes in games. What makes a good player from a bad player is that they learn to take away time and space. A really good player takes not just time and space away, they create a counterattacks. When you have an excellent player, they not only do the takeaway time and space, creating counterattacks, they join in on the offensive and they finish more. So really guys like Luke Hughes will be part of that <clears throat> style of hockey. And mind you, Shimon Nemech can do that. He can do that easily. He's got elite level passing his IQ is really good, and he can get the shot off really good. John Marino is starting to become a little bit more offensive style, but he's that well-rounded defensive player that plays elite-level minutes on, on top two pairings. So really, um, the Devils have a lot of depth going forward, and this roster can change at any given moment because... Anything can happen in the AHL. It's just the nature of the beast, and we have to face the facts. And Buffalo will have the Rangers for opening night, and I think it's in Buffalo, if I recall, if I recall properly. Uh, Keith Kincaid is around the team again. Uh, welcome back, buddy. Back, back from his short little time with Laval, if I remember correctly. And... Akira Schmid is back. Vitek Vanacek's back. So will these two guys be able to hold the fort down? I think so. <clears throat> I just think, as I talked about before, Nico Dawes is a really good up-and-coming player. It's just about getting healthy again. And we're Eric Schalgren come back. And will he be ready? Maybe. He he could be on a moment's notice called up um, whenever they don't want to rush Keith Kincaid. But Kincaid is a veteran. And maybe he can turn his career around a little bit being back in the double system and playing in front of better defensemen. And the next thing would be Tyler Brennan. We all talked about Tyler Brennan before. Brennan's going to be <clears throat> filling in in Utica or wherever Tom Fitzgerald and and Dan McKinnon want him to develop at. And it's going to take time to time for Tyler Brennan to play his game and make sure he's not rushed. And he was one of the top North American goalies in his draft year. And he was someone I wanted to see the Devils take over. And Martin Berdur knows what he's doing. He's a former goalie. And goalies know goalies. And goalies are like pitchers in baseball. They all think very weirdly in a certain way because they have a different way of thinking. They have a different way of doing things. They have different game day rituals than uh, goalies have different ideas than forwards and defensemen and they all play a much looser game goalies have to be under pressure a little bit extra and the spotlight's a lot starker 
So really, I think the Devils will be set for opening night. And <clears throat> I will say this, if you want to come on to this wonderful podcast called Heads Up Hockey Podcast, you can find me on X app, better known as Twitter. I'm Jersey Joe 11 underscore NJ and at Instagram at underscore Joe of Jersey. So you will find me at the Devils game on the 12th. See you at the game in section 14. Peace.